But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's it, Brett Walsh. You need to execute the, to the best of your ability if you want a chance to, to win. Welcome, in, ladies and gentlemen, to the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. My name is Everett DeLorme, coming in from uh, Toronto. I almost said Ottawa, because that's where that uh, that video was, was shot. Um, but I'm in Toronto. Rob, you are in Chicago, and it is April 25th. We are in the midst of the volleyball playoffs. But first, real quick, Rob... How are you feeling now that Aaron Rodgers is no longer a Green Bay Packer? <laughs> I, I figured you might ask about that today. Yes, uh, my my hero, Aaron Rodgers, is no longer playing for my favorite football team. Uh, if you know me, my favorite sports teams in the world in order are number one, the Green Bay Packers, and number one, B, uh, USA Men's Volleyball. So it's very close, but I am a diehard Green Bay Packer fan, and uh, although I had a little nostalgia trip today watching some old Aaron Rodgers highlights. Uh, he does owe, I, I do owe, owe a lot of my happiness to that man from the last 15 years, but um, he has kind of put us in handcuffs the last couple off-seasons, and I'm sick of him holding the franchise hostage. So I'm excited to see what happens next and for Jordan Love to be the next like Hall of Fame-level quarterback for the next 15 years. It's going to be great. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll see if that happens. I don't know if it's as much him holding you guys hostage or just you know your organization who – has that conglomerate running it, just not able, not able yeah, to like make me. a decision. I, I'm, I'm a part owner of the Packers. It's awesome. Are you? Yeah. That's a, yeah, a yeah. small part. Yeah, you, you can buy, basically anybody can buy stock in the Packers and you get like, you get one vote on things for every like share of stock that you own, but otherwise it's completely meaningless. It's just kind of cool. All right. Maybe maybe more more teams should, should look into that. But of course, we're not here to talk about football. We are here to talk about volleyball it has been craziness we saw some absolutely nuts matches today the scudetto finals have been set and look at that you know what we were on the verge potentially of seeing a piacenza versus milano final which i think would have been awesome would have brought some new blood uh, into it but instead we're just going for a good old classic how surprised are we that Lube Chivitanova, how many times on this very show, Rob, have you and I said Lube is not making it to the final? They're not winning to the Scudetto. They won't be there, right? Um, and I mean, I, to be honest, I do think I expected Trentino to be here. I've been, I've been saying this all year, but man, Trentino beats Piacenza today. Lube beats Milano today. Let's start it off first and foremost with Trentino and they were on the brink. Piacenza, they went up 2-0 in the series. Piacenza put them on the ropes. They had them in the chokehold. Two straight 3-0 three, three wins for Piacenza. And in that first set, man, it was all Piacenza. They were absolutely dominating. Piacenza scored 19 points from attacks alone. They were just absolutely killing it. But Trentino able to come back and force it. Let's just go back real quick to last Wednesday, last Saturday. Piacenza just absolutely dominating. It looked like the comeback kids were going to be able to do it again, but at the end of the day, which I did predict, I did say on last week's show that uh, Piacenza, having gone down 0-2 in the quarterfinals to Modena, um, Trentino having choked away at the semifinal last year 
up two to nothing against Lube, which we'll certainly talk about later. But um, I did say that Piacenza was going to win game three, and they did. And then they basically had the carbon copy of the exact same match in game four. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talked about it too, how they just needed to limit their serving errors a little bit more, up the aces, and that's that's exactly what they did, especially on on Saturday. Your Romano went on two fantastic serving runs and in the second and the third to really push them overboard and they carried all the momentum coming into into today's game this looked like a team that was rolling we've talked about how this team when they get hot they can be so 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 good with the amount of talent and the amount of the amount of champions that they have on this team you'd kind of expect them at that point to to get it going but it, it was a it was a stark contrast from sets one to sets two to two to four in in today's match Totally. I think that there kind of were points in both of these series. We'll certainly point out the one in, in the other series in a minute. But in this series, the turning point was somehow between sets one and two earlier today after Piacenza won that first set. What was it? Um, 25. It was, it was pretty convincing. Yeah, 25-18. We're like, oh, man, is, is Trentino going to do this again a second year in a row, go up 2-0 in the semis and blow it? Are they, are they falling apart? Is their home crowd going to burn the, the stadium to the ground like what's going on here but somehow Trentino completely righted the ship and you said it before the show Everett and I agree that you can't say it much better than they played Trentino volleyball the rest of the way 100 percent. that's that's ex- exactly what they did when you look how spread out the offense was pretty much all, all of their players except for Lisniac were all in double digits uh others and Lisniac was sitting at nine um, so you could just tell that they were just spreading that offense from coast to coast. They were using the middles, but ultimately to me, especially in sets two, two to four, once they actually woke up, their serving and their blocking just got much, much better. Their serve and block game was on point. They were working it well together and they were just putting, they were putting uh, Piacenza in bad positions all day long offensively. And you could really tell by how much Luca, both Lucarelli and Leal struggled. Totally. It was it was an absolute shift in the serve and pass battle. And I think there were kind of two shifts throughout this series. We, we said it after, on last week's show because Piacenza served the ball just so badly those first two matches. Then they were significantly better in matches three and four, which they won. Their ace-to-error ratios were way better. And then that kind of flipped back in Trentino's favor after, this, after the first set earlier today. Uh, Piacenza's passing numbers really on the whole match, but especially uh, sets two through four, which they lost, not good at all. Especially, we got to put a little bit of blame. I know uh, Leal was pretty bad and Lucarelli wasn't much better, but we got to put a little bit of blame on their libero. Leonardo Scamferla, 39% positive, 13% perfect only, and kind of allowing himself to be targeted as the libero is not a good look for Piacenza's reception unit. That's a guy that needs to be able to help a character like Leal not get served off the court, which he kind of did. Uh, th- th- that is really where it broke down for me. wasn't so much serving, and Piacenza did make 24 errors, which is bad. But it was Piacenza's reception starting in set two and throughout the rest of the match that p- put them behind the eight ball, and there was no way they were going to beat Trentino the way they were playing at that point. Yeah, and when your reception isn't good, it, it, it all came down to first touch. You talked about the reception, yep. 24 service errors today for Piacenza, only 16 uh, for Trentino, and they were just keeping the pressure on. They were keeping the ball in play. You could tell that they were just feeling it, and this is this is exactly like it, today showed Trentino's character, and I think that they, uh, more so than any other team, actually probably Lube, and we'll talk about Lube for a second, but these are the these are the two most you know, storied programs, if you will, who are, who are left up to this point. And you see two programs who 
have been there and will be there again in two programs who want to be there in Perugia and, and Piacenza. Um, we'll talk about Milano as well, but those are two programs who on paper should have been the two best teams in, in the, in the Superliga this year. And they weren't right They're They're not making it to Udetto and it's all about how they execute in those tough moments and how they play against uh, adversity. And, and today that was Trentino to the core, right? The fact that they were able to push back after getting demolished. I said it was, it wasn't uh, 19 kills for Piacenza. It was 14, but they scored, they, they earned 18 points themselves. And that's, a, that's absolutely massive. That's a lot. For, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. And you can tell that they, you know, they, they were feeling it. And this, Trentino team is just such a veteran team, which is surprising when you look at the youth on their team in guys like Lavia, Micheletto, and of course Spertoli, but they were able to just kind of calm things down, turn it back, go back to playing their style of volleyball, and just truly dominate throughout the rest of the match. What was the, what were the scores here? Uh, 2017 uh, and 19. Yeah, that's not even close. That's no. very, very, very convincing. And I mean, it's kind of, the, the theme that I've said the last month that we, we keep bringing up on the show, or at least I do, is how at a very high level how do you approach building a club volleyball team and which of the methods that you can use to build a club volleyball team is going to have the most success and again it, the 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 method of building a team that that lasts for several years that has an identity that has consistency year over year once again proves to have success we talked about perugia already plenty we don't need to talk about them more. They're wasting away in the fifth place playoffs. But Trentino, this is the exact same team as last year. The only thing they changed was the libero. And he's actually Italian when last year's libero was not. So they have even a little bit more freedom. They did switch kind of Lavia and Kaziski their roles and their positioning. But their, their, their roster and their identity is exactly the same. Piacenza is still going after it the Perugia way. They're they're. Big spenders since their franchises come back into existence the last five years or so. Uh, they've got a big budget. They've they have not kept any roster consistency whatsoever. Uh, they've gone out and spent a lot of money in, in all the off seasons, brought in a bunch of studs, and it hasn't really come together the way a team like Trentino or I think Zaxa is the perfect example in Poland. It hasn't come together like that. And I do have to give Piacenza a little bit of credit. And I was yes. talking about this in the Discord earlier today. Ha- they went through a lot this year. They fired Bernardi, which anytime you fire a coach, it's going to be just a lot of a lot of kind of tumultuous days and weeks in an organization. But you and I both agreed at the time that that was a good move, and I think it did prove to be that. They really struggled to find their identity for about half the season. Then they caught fire. They won the Copa Italia. We talked about that. Like, were they going to be able to be consistent after that? The answer was no. But they did go. They did bring it back from with their backs against the wall against Moda in the quarterfinal. Uh, they had their backs against the wall against Trentino in the semifinal, and they, although they didn't quite get it done, they're going to get a chance to play for a third-place series to play in Champions League next year. Honestly, all things considered, that's a pretty good year. That's a pretty yeah. good year for Piacenza, and I think as, as close as they were and as frustrating as it was to watch them play sometimes because of the pieces that they had, I think we, we got to give them a little bit of credit, especially changing coaches mid-year. This was a pretty successful year for Piacenza, all things considered. Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree. And I mean, it was at a certain point, it was a frustrating year for them, I would say, pre pre Bernardi um, um, firing and then a little bit right afterwards. But since winning that Copa Italia, they've really turned it on. The playoffs has really have really proven it. And you talked about that consistency 
all of these starters are scheduled to are, are on contract to come back next year. The only one who's not on contract to come back so far is Antoine Bikazab, who I think is a massive piece piece to all this. I don't think that you're going to be able to find another top 10 setter in the world, if not better than, than that. And in, in uh, Antoine Bikazab to, to come into this team and the way that they finally started to work together. I think it just, uh, if this was a seven game series, I think they could have won it. Right. Yeah, I agree. But it was just it was just too much having to come back from come from behind in the last series against Modena, come from behind again. I th- honestly I think they just ran out of gas, right? And they dug they themselves able- holes that were just a little bit yeah. too deep at the and, beginning, and they weren't able to make those adjustments because I think this this team it, it wasn't necessarily tactical adjustments. It was all about their execution, and their execution today wasn't fantastic. And but I, I really truly think that this match could have gone either way. Uh, I think full credit needs to go to uh, Trentino here. And I mean, we talk about keeping their roster intact. Their roster is going to be completely intact. The only one who isn't on. Uh, on, on contract for next year's Lisniach. Uh, and it looks like he's going to be probably going to the Plus League. We're, we're going to talk about that uh, uh, another time. So, you know what? I'm, I'm not surprised that Trentino kept their roster the, the, the same way that it is. And I think there's so many just knee-jerk reactions when you don't win anything. But for Trentino, last year was so many wins. You've got two of the best young players and two of the best young outsides in the world. Um, who, are, who are still growing and still evolving. You made a Champions League finals last year. You made it to the, to the Scudetto semifinals last year and had a great series against uh, against Perugia. And now they're just improving and, and moving forward. So I absolutely love the fact that this Trentino team kept things the way they were um, because it's, it's working out for them, right? And now, now they're in the finals. And with the way Lube has been playing, it, it's hard for me to call Trentino the favorite, but I've been I've been billing Trentino to be in the finals since the beginning of the year, and I truly think that they are the favorite here. I think they are too, and it's, it's going to be a fun final because it will be a rematch of last year's semi where Trentino went up 2-0 and then completely blew it. So I'm excited to see that. I am kind of happy for Trentino getting through to this point because while they have had growing amounts of success, they haven't been able to quite get over the hump and take home any real hardware other than I think like I think last year's Super Cup, they might have won with, with like the three outside hitter system. It was new; nobody knew how to stop it. But mm. they, they've kind of they've kind of been bridesmaids ever since that. Like with this core, two Champions League runners up, um, lost in the semis last year. Um, did, like didn't win the Copa Italia either year. Like they they were in a little bit of danger of just keeping that bridesmaid reputation going. And now they're going to have a, a, a chance. And I agree that they'll be this, the favorites to win the Scudetto because they don't have to play Perugia. So uh, they, they've, this is a golden opportunity for Trentino's franchise to win a Scudetto for the first time in a long time. And 100%. I mean, as we look at the, as we look at the bracket again, how incredible has it been that of the six series that have been played so far, five of them have gone five games. That's unreal. That's, that's amazing. It's just, it's been one of the best playoffs in my knowledge of, of, of watching volleyball, it's, it's absolutely so much fantastic. Fun. So but I, much I, fun. I really think that Trentino, they need to get the job done now, right? They need yep. to go and, and, and win this final, or else I'm going to start calling them Catherine Heigl because of 27 dresses. Always the bridesmaid, <laughs> never the bride. All right, Rob, let's move on to um, the other series here. And I want to bring you back to Saturday afternoon when Milano was up 2 nothing. They were nope. one Game set four. away, yeah. one set away from qualifying uh, for the finals. And they were up 6-3 at one point, 6-3 
in that in that third set. Poro had just served an ace off us, and there was a timeout call by Blangini, and he was just ripping into them. And I still remember Simone Anzani kind of like holding Belasso, and Belasso was shaking. He was so mad at himself. Um, that to me was was truly the turning point for this team. Of course, we all know what happened. On Saturday, Lube was able to come from behind, get the reverse sweep, save their season in that one, and, and bring it back home. But first and foremost, before we talk about this, and I think we need to give 150% credit to Milano for getting this far totally. and making the series what it was. Right, three nothing win on the road in Game Three. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was amazing. They they really outplayed everyone's expectations it was very very impressive they put it all together the streakiness of paulo poro's setting uh stabilized for the most part their level was high they rode the momentum after beating perugia they responded after kind of laying an egg in game one they went up two to one in the series they went up two to nothing in game four at home but i think like, like that exact point that you're talking about everett where where lube Call the timeout earlier in set three with their backs against the wall and Blangini's just yelling at people. One of the tactical things they figured out is that Milano's float service reception wasn't very good. That really helped mm-hmm. them make that comeback. But I also think at more of a higher level, that was the first time that that third set when they were up two nothing and they were up two to one in the series or at home, that was the first time all playoffs that yep. Milano felt pressure. Yeah, it was the absolutely. first time they felt pressure. They were playing with house money the rest of the playoffs. Nobody expected them to beat Perugia, right? Then they did. Yep, Nobody exactly. expected them to beat Lube. Then they're on the doorstep of doing it, and I think they're like, oh my goodness. Guys, we're, we're, we're one set away from going to the finals. I think that was the first time all playoffs that the pressure set in for them, and it turned out to be too much. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I also think, too, that you saw Piazza change on the sidelines like he was incensed throughout that match and it, it it was it was it was tough to watch but ultimately you know we talked about the character of Trentino fighting off Piacenza who you know had all the momentum in the world also for this Lube team right this is a Lube team that earlier in the season we were we were not high on right this was a Lube team that earlier in these playoffs we were not very high on Right, and they were able to to bring it back. That tactical adjustment of taking uh, Nikolov out of the serve receive, putting in Zaitsev. You know, you talked about the float serving. We saw Zaitsev float serving throughout the rest yeah, of the series. That was fascinating was, to was, watch. Yeah, which is crazy because when you whenever you think of Ivan Zaitsev, you immediately think of a big, powerful spin serve. Um, but this team played to its strengths, and it started to to figure out how to play together right at the perfect time. I mean, Nikolov was just absolutely fantastic today. What do you, what do you have? 21 points leading, leading the, uh, the match in points. Yeah, um, it was, it was weird no. because we, uh, you're right. We've been talking Sorry. about Lube for so long and they're, they have this mix of old and young. They have the mix of like a Decheco, like a Zaitsev, a Belasso who have won the last couple Scudettos and then a bunch of young, crazy high-level prospects who showed a lot of inconsistency as young kids do. But boy, did they step up. Game four, Marlon Yant, 21 for 30, which is yeah. absolutely insane. And 26 then today, like, points. Ridiculous. And then today, Nikolov, like you were saying, uh, let's see, what did he have? Uh, 21 points on 18 for 40 and high efficiency plus to win the match, a great out-of-system swing, and then an ace to win it in overtime. Like, the, these these young kids 
stepped up in the biggest moments at just, just, just the right times, kind of the way we've been wanting him to all season. Yeah, absolutely. You're seeing their MVP for Nikolov, uh, and that was in game four. I disagree with that. I don't know how you didn't give that MVP to Yant, who had 26 points. It 20. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that, that would have that been. Was, no. That was game four. Uh, I, I flipped over to today's game, the, the, the four set Lube oh. win, where, where Nikolov was the MVP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think he deserved it. As I yeah. think, what was it, 21 points today? Um, he He was unreal, and that kid just swings. His swing is so pure, and he's able, like, he's able to hit the ball so damn hard. Um, get, keeping him out of the serve receive is, is a good thing, um, yep. and they've been hiding him a little bit more on defense as, as well, too. Um, so uh, ultimately, though, like Lube, I mean, there was a point where I was like, There's, we might not have Lube at Champions League next year. You know, one of the, the most, like, the team that we expect almost the most to be there might not be in the Champions League, and of course they they book their ticket. I don't know how many Scudetto finals is this is going to be. Is this their is this are they going for their fourth straight championship here? They are going for their fourth straight championship. If you ignore the 2020 season that didn't finish, they didn't name a champion. They won last year. They won in 21 and they won in 19. And like kind of different casts of characters every time. Talk about an organization that breeds success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. On the other side of things for Milano. There's just so much good there, right? Oh, totally. In, and when you when you look at um, how much of this roster is coming back, um, oh, quite a few players are, are on contract for next year. Poro, Patri, Piano, um, Magarejo, all on contract for next year. They're going to have to figure out Ishikawa. And I mean, this for sure. Been, and I think actually he's he signed a long term contract. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll ha- I will have to look into that. But Ishikawa, man. Today it, it was funny on on the Discord today we were talking about oh you know how Ishikawa looks like looks like he's tired he's not having his best game blah 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 all this stuff and yet he led the match um, he led uh, Milan points with twenty and hit uh, seventeen for for thirty two so you could just tell that it's just he he's gonna have a sore back he has he has been <laughs> carrying this team throughout these playoffs he carried them big time but the one thing that came back to bite them uh, we've been talking about it all year we, we've said that there was going to be a hard ceiling on how well paulo poro how consistently was he going to be able to play and he was amazing in the perugia series he was really good the first half of this series but today paulo poro was not good his location was not good. You can say anything you want about a setter. I thought I thought Poro served, blocked, and defended great. I think mm-hmm. he's good at all three of those things. But the most important thing in a setter is locating the ball. He could not do that today. Speed was all over the place. Distance from the net was all over the place. There were several balls that Ishikawa uh, had to off-speed throw and got defended easily that he would normally take swings on those balls. Couldn't connect with Patri. And then the one really, really bad one that you and I both agree was definitely his fault was on a free ball. I think 23-23, they got a free ball. Yeah. He sets he sets their their worst offensive weapon in Piano. He sets him way too low, and Piano hits it with his forearm way out of bounds to give Lube a match point. Like that was yeah. so bad. It was a tough so one. Bad. And we got a question in the in the chat asking whose fault that is. Sure, Ishikawa's pass wasn't perfect. But to me, like Piano, you need to feel your middles, uh, especially on that 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 fifty-one. He wasn't drifting away, and we saw Lozare especially be really, really successful with that pop 
right? Like only hit, almost hitting like a 41 where you come in and then and pop and over. And just left, yeah. Like, and just create all of that space. Um, but Piano was early. He was a little bit too tight and he just kind of shoveled it into him. At that point, it's in transition. And Piano, he he he's fantastic offensively and has a better serve than people give him credit for. But he's not that much of an offensive middle. Yes, he no. he can put up points, but he's not playing at the level of Chenignese or or Simone or a Lozere or, or a lot of other guys in this league. Um, and it, it it was just tough to see because at that point you could kind of tell that 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 was that that was that that play right there was that set and and ultimately the match. But that's how close it came to go into a fifth set and you know what anything can happen in in a fifth set right so ultimately so much credit for for milano in this one they really really put out they came and played hard 10 hard fought matches in the playoffs and to be honest i thought they're just gonna go th- a three up three down you know uh, like i thought they're gonna get three donged in that perugia series they proved the entire world wrong and they fought tooth and nail and they're going to have to do it again in the third place series because you know how much, how much a place in Champions League would mean. And ultimately, I also just looking like taking a step back. So many of these these volleyball teams like Lube and Modena and Perugia, they're all in smaller towns throughout Italy, right? Whereas Milano is in Milan, which is yeah. the the cultural center of of Italy. It is the biggest city in in the country. It's it's one of the most relevant cities in. Europe and, and and also the world. So if they could have some relevance by Champions League games, that's why I kind of wanted them to to even win this game and get to the final and just bring the sport to a larger audience. And I think that like big teams and like or teams in big metropolitan cities can do that. And that's why was one of the reasons why I was really hoping that Milano could do it. But if they could get there and have you know. I'm assuming Malonza will be able to finish top three and get a bid for the Champions League on the women's side. And if Milano could take down Piacenza, which is going to be a, a hard task, that's going to be for the first time ever. I might actually watch the third place series because I think that <laughs> battle between Piacenza and Milano might actually be pre- pretty interesting. Um, I, I kind of hope Milano wins just because I know that uh, the Champions League in Milano will bring more eyes to the sport. Yeah, that I think that that third place series. This oh, yeah, is true, the, Rome. I'm down. yeah, Rome's Rome's the biggest city <laughs> in, in 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 Italy, but Milan is by far the biggest city with the Superlega team. Uh, and with, well, I guess Roma has a women's club that got relegated last year. I think they're going to get promoted back to the, the top division next year. But Milan is a, Milan like potentially hosting Champions League is a big deal. It's actually a big deal for both them or Piacenza economically for their cities and for their clubs. Like if if Piacenza can depend on like three, at least three champions league matches worth of home ticket sales and like maybe win a couple playoff series, like that can be a big economic boost for them too. And they already have a good amount of resources, but I agree that the third place series, this is the first time they'll actually play a third place series in Italy. It used to be just like whoever finished highest in the regular season broke the tie for third. They play third place series in the other countries all the time, but I actually do. I am interested in this and I'll be watching some of it. I think it starts, uh, like Saturday, maybe. Let's see. Yeah, whatever the 29th is, I think that's Saturday. Yeah, that that checks out. If I if my counting counting is right. Um, yeah, and then the, oh, the finals, oh. by the way, starts on Monday. Uh, Trentino versus Lube game one is on Monday. Okay, fair enough. Um, if we're going back to that uh, Trentino versus uh, versus Piacenza series, who's the MVP for you of the whole series? 
I kind of want to give it to Ricardo Spertoli. Is that Ooh. is that is that insane? Uh, I I, no, I kind of want to give it to him, uh, and here's why. Whenever I look at a Trentino stat sheet, it's always weird because they usually have one of their three wings that plays really well, and one of their three wings that does not. And w- which guy that is for both the 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 good performance and the not so good performance seems to rotate every time. Uh, the middles are consistent. Obviously, those two Serbians are terrific. But I think that Spertoli is... Uh, we, we've talked about how underrated he is and how he would start on most national teams in the world. But I, I think that his finger on the pulse of what that team needs and what that offense needs to to be who they are, I think he's way more important to that team's identity than anybody really even realizes. And to navigate a team through a crazy back-and-forth series against a very streaky Piacenza team, I kind of like giving the MVP to the set. So good for Spiritually. Yeah, you know what? I was going to say Matej Kaziski, but I, I'm going to jump on board with what you said. I, I also agree, uh, Ricardo Spiritually. He, um, it, it's funny because, you know, he was at Milano before before coming to Trentino, took over uh, for Gianelli, and, you know, we thought, oh, well, this is, you know, this is going to be, uh, a, a big fall down and to me at what point is spiritually going to be given a real shot with the italian national team i think it's such a shame that he ha- was barely given any playing time like i don't think he started one match throughout the entirety of the summer last year and just uh, like there's there's no better backup in the world truly maybe oh, he's so good maybe maybe tony but but even then receive tony team to start matches oh like over his uh, all the time and the fact that Di Giorgi doesn't go with, with Spertoli at all is is crazy. Uh, going back to the uh, Lube versus uh, versus Milano series, who's your MVP? I think kind of by the same logic, I'm going to give it to De Checo, uh because of, of honorary second place is Ivan Zaitsev. I, I thought both of those veteran guys were awesome, awesome, awesome this series. But again, with DeCecco having his finger on the pulse of what that offense needs with two young kids like Yant and Nikolov, uh, figuring out how they're playing that day, what they need and when uh, takes a really masterful touch at the center position. And um, we, we've been critical of a guy like DeCecco and kind of all of Lube's team, like some of their older guys have a tendency to fall asleep every so often. We saw that in the regular season where Lube wouldn't look so good and they just didn't really feel like they were mentally engaged but Dicheco's locked in and Zaitsev is too and that sort of thing reminds me of last year when they won that Scudetto when nobody really picked him to do so is because Dicheco got really locked in now can they do it again without Robert Landy Simone is is a, another question entirely but uh, when, when you have a bunch of young wings and then an older guy like Zaitsev just like stepping in to do what the team needs to to keep Yant and Nikolov playing that well over over two series so far, I think uh, Dechecko gets a lot of credit. Yeah, Zaitsev hitting a four uh, a four twenty eight efficiency over the four, course of the four games coming into coming into day, today's match. Ooh, maybe we're going to be able to see. Oh no, we can't see the the. Uh, I think he, 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 good he, today he was too. good today too. Um, really, really efficient. I would have to agree. I mean. Um, what's his face? Nikolov was absolutely lights out just in terms of, of points scored. Um, overall, he scored uh, close to 150 points in this series in, in these five games. And that's, that's absolutely, Whoa. absolutely monstrous. Um, so yeah, just, just all in all, this Lube team has figured some things out good, but the leadership, I think of Ivan Zaitsev, uh, ha- has really, really come through. 
Yeah, he's really leading by example in a way that I didn't, I don't know if I really expected him to do, like being willing to step in in reception, being willing to um, kind of take on a different role than the superstar opposite that he's been the last six or eight years of his career. He's he's being a total team guy, and that's a, a personality. Like, we love you, Von Zaitsev. He's one of the, the best superstars the game has had this century, but he does. He hasn't always had the perception of being a team guy, and right now he is. And uh, leading by example like that is is very important and, and brings a lot of value. And sorry, my 150 point stats was completely wrong. He had 119 attempts in the four four points coming up to that. So, yeah, no, <laughs> I was I was just scrolling through. No, like, those do these no, numbers those add matter, even Those numbers do not add up whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely Zaitsev. <laughs> Uh, for, for me in this series, he was just so consistent uh, throughout all, all these matches, and it, it, it's so much fun to watch. Now, looking forward to the final, Rob. It's just going to be a classic here. Trentino versus Lube, yep. the two best clubs in in the in Italy for sure, two of the best clubs in the world. One we expected to be here, the other one not so much. What's your early prediction for this? I'm going to go with Trentino three matches to one. I think they might. Uh, so Trentino should, as the higher seed, I assume Trentino is going to host on Monday. Uh, I, I think that they might win the Scudetto on the road at Lube in game four. Um, th- that would be pretty spicy. Uh, we, we will. I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll have a match to talk about on next week's show. That'll give us a lot better of a taste for the series. But the, the position matchups are fun. The, the wing matchups are fun. You got like Nikolov, Yant, and Zaitsev against Kaziski, Mikoletto, and Lavia. Kind of similar types. You have like converted outsides playing opposite. You have um, just superstar prospects at all four outside hitter positions. But I do give the Evs to Trentino's consistency and experience. Um, I do give the libero edge to Lube, Belasso over Lorenzano, especially in reception. Uh, give the middle edge, man, probably to Trentino, but uh, Chinese actually underrated, had a really good series uh, against Milano here. And then Setter, uh, honestly, kind of a toss-up. Uh, both Spertoli and Dicheco have been awesome. So uh, tough one to call. I think it's going to – a big thing it's going to come down to is we've, we've known that Lube this year has had a tendency to make too many unforced errors. If they do that, they are in big, big trouble. They need to play clean volleyball. They need to make Trentino earn their points – they need to make Trentino earn their side out. So if they can do that, Lube's got a fighting chance. All right. They split their season series one and one. Uh Lube won at the in the beginning of the of the of the uh season. Um Trentino won later on in the season. So hey, it's all, all up for grabs here in the Scudetto finals. But I think Rob, that's that's I think we've 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 reached our limit here with, with men's volleyball. Remember to check out the third place match starting on Saturday. And of course, the Scudetto finals starting off on Monday. And can we give a real quick figured out of the week award to uh, Volleyball World TV for not even posting the damn matches today? Like, like oh, oh my goodness. Brutal, how, dude. Like, how Bush League is this? How Bush League is this that when I turn on first like, there's they have so many complaints about volleyball world dot, dot tv i don't even want to get to them that's for another world video altogether but how bush league is that that when i turn it on for game five of the scudetto semifinals we're not even talking the fact that they're both at the same time you don't even want to offset them by an hour hour and a half two hours whatever it is so that everyone can watch everything no instead they're at the exact same time and they're not even properly posted 
When you go into the live matches, there's only one match there, and it's some A2 damn match. What is going on? Let's figure this out. So bad. So bad. Like, the multi-view function didn't work. The matches weren't showing up. Everyone in the Discord was like, where do I find these? You had to click three times to even get to the right spot to find the links to the most important matches of the year. And they were at the same time. It's ridiculous. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you got this, ever, but I, I got an email maybe last week as a Volleyball World TV subscriber with, like, a survey to fill out a bunch of feedback. And I did. And uh, I took plenty of time listing a lot of my complaints with that platform. And uh, I encourage anyone else, if you got that survey, can you uh, forward me that survey, please. I certainly I, can. I I, I want to take it. Maybe we'll forward it to the Discord. Yeah, as we'll, well put it in the Discord because we, we we it also would be a great point and place to complain about how bad the commentary's been. My God, Clayton Lucas putting on a masterclass of cringe and speaking Ishi when best. he's not. Uh, Ishi Ishi, Ishikawa at his Ishi best was the worst thing I've ever heard on a broadcast in my life. And it was. Uh, it was oh, sorry, it was, I was just saying it was really too bad that we didn't have Heinen today because I think that Heinen as the addition as the as a color guy, the insight that he brings, his ability to to understand Italian is actually is actually really really good. But he needs someone to to properly direct him and and guide him. I did appreciate the, that Heinen wasn't afraid to tell Clayton Lucas that he was wrong about everything, which was great. But uh, the Australian guy that they had today with Clayton, his name was Liam something as the analyst. I actually, I actually liked him. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, but uh, then I, I, the, I the other well. the other one, I mean, the, the Trentino series had uh, Nick Halling and Matt Prosser, which was instant mute for both of those morons. So uh, not just not good commentary across the board. I, I've uh, I've complained about this a lot, but there is a survey where you can where you can voice your opinions, and I'll, I'll put the link in the Discord. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, let, let now me find that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got it. All right, Rob, let's move on uh, to the women's Lega Volley Feminili playoffs uh, where the semifinals are now set. And you know what? It's pretty much, if you had asked me at the beginning of the year what four teams are going to make the playoff, the semifinals, I would have told you these four teams. Canigliano will be taking on Novara, Scandici against Malonza. Um, yeah, I, I, this is exactly what we, we thought was going to happen. Uh, of course, we had to wait a little bit um, for Novara to catch up uh, with the rest of the field after the terrible tragedy that they suffered. Uh, but they eventually took down uh, Kieri to nothing. Not much drama here in the first round in the quarterfinals. All the favorite teams did as they were supposed to do. All two nothing series here in the Lega Volley Feminili. Yeah, this graphic's actually incorrect. Uh, Malonza beat Casa Maggiore two to one, uh, so the, the, this the, this graphic is wrong. But that that series actually was kind of good. We'll talk about it in a second. But oh, um, right yeah, and Novara Chieri. What's funny was that Novara was the five seed. Um, I guess they they slipped enough in the regular season, but we all expected them to get to the semifinals, and here they are. So uh just go through them really quick novara and like you said they had to catch up a couple games their first game after the passing of julia tuma was a really emotional one a five set win uh that was i mean it was at home you could see the emotion on, on everybody once they got that fifth set done at least i think it was at home i'll double check on that uh but that was a good match that that that, that was kiri's chance to get a win but they got what was it 25 to 8 in the no, 18 in the, in the fourth and 15 to 8 in the fifth so um, they they kind of let a 2-1 lead slip away there. And then game two in that series, uh, three dong, no problem, Novara advances. And that was kind of about it. Uh, Abra Karakert was, was good in both games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I was kind of hit and miss of what we were to expect 
um, from Novara, but it, it was either a, te- a thing that was going to destroy them as a team or kind of bring them together, and it clearly uh, brought them together. Um, I always thought that Kieri was kind of hitting above their weight, being with with the, with the season that they had. Um, I w- thought that I wasn't impressed. I just thought that they didn't necessarily have the horses um, to, to make a deep run. I think it would have taken a lot for them to, to take down Navarro in this series. Yeah, I agree. Um, Navarro was awesome in the middle as well. They dominated the middle matchups. Uh, Christina Kirikella had like 16 points in a three-set match in the third game, which is insane. Uh, three blocks, four aces, and nine for 13. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Ana Danese is really good. So that middle matchup, or that middle duo can actually carry Novara pretty far, even when uh, Karakert has a, a day where she's hitting the back wall a few too many times. But unfortunately for Novara, they get Corneliano. That's not going to go very well for him in the next round. Yeah, no, that's uh, that is going to be a tough one. The other series, though, uh, on the other side, Scandici against Malonza. I don't know. It's 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 going to be a toss up for me. I think Scandici is ultimately going to win. They they breeze through their semifinals, uh, um, or their quarterfinal series. Sorry, against Bergamo, as we see the scores up here. I, I really don't think there's much much to talk about here. Nope. Twenty five, eighteen, fourteen, fourteen. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for participating. That's that's a, a little bit um, <laughs> yeah that that that's a little bit difficult. Good for Belgamo just to make it to the playoffs, but there's a clear yep. there's a clear divide between the top four teams and the the bottom four teams in the like of Volley Fuminelli this year. Um, but as as we the other series though, uh, like Malonza versus Casa Maggiore being the only one that went three was actually kind of good. Uh, I think that this this second game was last Wednesday, I'm pretty sure, which is part of that crazy last Wednesday that we had with all the games. But after the men's games were over, I, I tuned into this one live and caught like the end of the fourth set and the fifth set. And Malonza made a massive comeback to steal the fourth, which they probably shouldn't have. Uh, but Casa Maggiore did get it done in the fifth, so uh, they at least got on the board there. And then, uh, but in match three at home, Malonza three to one, relatively easily. Uh, Jordan Thompson has been really good. Uh, I, I hear she had a little bit of relationship drama. That was that was the gossip was that she was motivated by her relationship drama and was playing a little bit angry. And uh, she looked awesome. So um, good good vibes for the American opposite position going into it's, the it's, summer. It's, but Malonza on uh, Malonza on talent alone is better than Casa Maggiore. I'm really curious to see the kind of rock fight that will be Scandici versus Malone. Yeah, going back to Jordan Thompson with the relationship drama, it's like that take those TikToks of the memes and it's just like it's like the kid in like football or, or baseball or, or something being like, oh his girl just broke up with him before the game and he's just got his headphones on and he's he's going hard. Like that's what I'm picturing Jordan Thompson but but before those matches <laughs> just she's got her headphones on and and she's looking down and she's she's just just in that game mode. And I mean Dude, she went twenty-eight for forty-seven in Game Four. Like that's that's nasty. That's yeah, an amazing no, that, performance. That, that is nasty. My my goodness. Um, I do think when you look at this upcoming series though between Malonza and Scandici, Scandici is a is a much steadier team, but they haven't been without without drama this year as 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 well. Um. You know, with 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 Pietrini sure. and her sure. whole thing with with Barbellini. So there's cracks in both of these teams. I think on paper, to me, Malonza, like like I think there's no doubt about it. On on paper, Malonza is a much stronger team. They're a much more talented team. They have so much skill on this team. But there's just 
there's 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 too many pieces of the puzzle for it to fit together. But if they can get together and get going, I think they could possibly uh, crack the Scandici squad. Oh yeah, it's very possible. Uh, these two rosters are similar but different. Like Scandici's issues are with the foreigner limit because they've got. Uh, they've got two setters. Like their better setter is Diao, who's Chinese, so they would have to play uh, find another Italian to play somewhere. Um, they've got two opposites. They've got three outside hitters. They've got um, Elena Pietrini played great in a game two against Bergamo, by the way. But yeah, she's had a very weird year. Um, so they're they're an interesting team. I don't really know what to expect from them game in game out. And then we've talked about Malonza a ton. Uh, the the namesake of the figure it out of the week award for not being able to figure out what their lineup is going to be in in a given day. So <laughs> maybe as when this series is over, I need to like sit down and chart out the different lineups and all the changes that there were set to set. I think that might be quite the roller coaster. Should produce a pretty fun series. I honestly don't know how to pick it. These these two teams can both be up and down. Uh, I wonder what what their record is against one another this year. Let me see if I can look that up really quick. Um, it, it'll take me a minute, but uh, it's definitely the series I'm more excited to watch. So that, that one starts Thursday. Uh, Caneliano versus Novara starts uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Yeah, all right. Somebody needs to give me access to... Um, uh, like a women's you... volumetrics account? That'd yeah, nice. women's women's volumetrics account. Uh, Scandici beat Malonza in five on uh, on February 26th. That was the last time they played. And then the time before that was probably much earlier in the year. Yeah, the time before that, uh, Malonza won also in five. So if that's any indicator, uh, we've got ourselves a banger on our hands. Yeah, I, I, I think this one could be a banger. On the other side of the things, I think Conigliano, we have someone in the chat who said, Novara plays Conigliano tough in the first set and then just just crumbles after that. I know Burkai is in the chat saying that Conigliano looks weak. I don't think Canigliano looks weak against other no, Italian I agree. teams. I, I think I, agree. I think they're exposed against um, Fenerbahce specifically. Um, but I, I think, uh, I mean, they only lost one match all year in the Legavoli Feminili, and this is not Perugia, right? This is a team that has been there time and time again and won it time and time again and is filled with some of the best players in the world. So I I would fully expect, it. Are the are the semifinals best of five? Um, I, I don't think so. Uh, right now I only see two games in each series on the schedule, which probably means that they're best of three. And that's, that's at least how they were last year. The semis were best of three. So if that didn't change, uh, that's probably the same thing. Um, so this time next week, we might have the final set if both series go two to zero in one direction. All right. Well, I'm excited to it other way. When does, when do those semifinals uh, get underway tomorrow. Novara is, is going to be tomorrow. Scandici versus Malonza on Thursday. And look at that. Legavoli Feminili, maybe not um, run by boomers. They actually <laughs> change it up a little bit. You can watch one game one day, another game another. Or like, or you could put them like the Plus Liga has been doing. Put one like as an afternoon game, one as an evening game. It's crazy. Imagine yeah. if if people actually wanted to watch both of the playoff games going on. What what, what a concept, oh, man! It it would be uh, fantastic. All right, Rob. Speaking of the Plus Liga, let's move on to what has been another fantastic uh, playoff playoff series. Zaxa up to nothing on Rosovia uh, winning those back-to-back back-to-back matches 
over the weekend, and they are in prime position. That game three goes on tomorrow. They're in prime position to do another back-to-back. If if they could potentially, like, we might have just a straight-up JW versus Zaxa for the next <laughs> month or so here. Yeah, we very well might. So we, we can talk about Yashimsky in a minute. But, like, the, the better and more interesting series for sure has been Zaxa versus Rosovia so far. Zaxa went on the road to Rosovia both Saturday and Sunday, won both of those games. The first one was nuts. It was a reverse sweep. Rosovia went up 2-0. to zero. The second set was 25-13, to like 13, I think. Um, yeah, 25-13, like that's absolutely insane. You don't see Zaxa getting destroyed in a set like that. But then they compl- Zaxa completely turned it around. They reverse swept Rosovia on the road. I talked to Eric Shoji afterwards. I'm like, how did you guys just do that? He said, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> and literally the next day in game two, Rosovia, or sorry, Zaxa did it again, beating Rosovia on the road 3-1. to one. And now, like you said, uh, tomorrow will be match three in the next two games. Uh, at home for Zaxa. So I'm totally with you. I completely expect them to go to the finals. Sure enough, the Rosovia curse strikes again. It hasn't even been because uh, Masia Muzai has been that bad. Uh, he's been moderately bad. He's been getting blocked a lot. He at least hasn't made that many unforced errors, but just not the timely clutch, like experienced play from Rosovia that Zaxa clearly is, clearly has been, clearly has shown the last month or two. No, uh, absolutely not. And I think, you know what, it's at this point in the center, uh, this point of the season story where the pretenders have to figure it out if they're pretending or if they're here for real. Well said. And Rostovia is, I, I love what they've done this season. Watching TJ DeFalco has been absolutely unreal, but they just don't have the roster to get it done. Especially for me about how, just average Jakub Kokonovsky looks when he when he plays for this team. It's 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 just tough. And Zaxa has just been so dominant. Once again, we talk about good programs and and good clubs who can get it done year in year out. Zaxa is quickly becoming the model, right? They 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 quickly are, and right behind them is JW. Funny point in the chat. Rosovia was up two sets to none in that first match, and nobody thought that they would win. <laughs> that's, a, that's really just people. Un- it's right because it, they just can't, Rosovia can't shake that that reputation of kind of being a pretender, even though they're the one seed in the Plusliga bracket. They had a great regular season, but uh, the Polish Cup I thought was a really good indicator. The way that they got completely smoked by Ashemski in that semifinal of that tournament was very very telling and i do think that rosovia is a, a bit of a pretender even as, as as far as title contenders go but i mean when you play against this stat line listen to this uh you, you, we can play a uh, name that player everett uh what player produced this stat line in game two of this series 23 for 27 attacking one error 81 percent efficiency 30 points total in four sets what player produced that masterclass? Ooh, who's our who's our favorite uh, Serbian guy there? What's <laughs> no? Um, that to me has to be Bartosz Bednors. Like ding, ding, this ding. man, this man has been absolutely unreal since coming back to the, to the team. I don't know if like if you're looking at the players who have come from China to join their teams late in the season. Who's done it better, Melissa Vargas or Bartosz Bednors? To me, it has to be Bednors. With, Bednors with, with, been... 
with everything and he's he's been absolutely unreal also looking good in some of shoji's tiktoks as well too so <laughs> double points for that as well but that number 81 percent efficiency in the and playoffs five like five aces is and two blocks <laughs> come on this just makes things way more difficult way more difficult for Gerbich and that polish squad this summer because like who do you pick between like we don't even need to look at guys who are on the roster like last year like Kolek and Fornal because between Leon, Semenyak, Slivka and Bednors and I, th- I think Fornal deserves to be in the conversation at least like that that's going to be a crazy difficult roster to pick when it comes to like VNL finals and Olympic qualifiers and Euro volley and all that stuff honestly you might have to bring five and only take three medals that's probably what I would do those guys are all so crazy good we can talk about uh, Leon and all that certainly later but uh, I think it's pretty pretty safe to say that w- one of these next two matches uh, Zaxa at home either tomorrow or probably Thursday if it has to go to game four I know they're doing the home games back to back uh, I think by this time next week, the finals will be set. Zox will be in it. And their opponent will almost definitely be Yashemsky. Uh, now, this has been a, a surprisingly fun series against Zavierce in the semifinal. And the reason why I say surprisingly is because Euros Kovacevic hasn't played at all. And that's just a massive asterisk. Like, Zavierce is not the same team without him. He's their primary scorer. He's by far their most important player on offense and probably just in general and um, although this one, uh, this score here, match two, went to five uh, in Xavier to Jashemsky one. Really good match. Uh, I watched the whole thing on Sunday. It was very, very fun. But without Kovacevic, Xavier is just not, they're just not going to get there. And it's probably going to be, like you said, a whole month of Zaksa versus Jashemsky. They're probably going to get a best of five series in the Plus League final. And then they're going to get the Champions League final in about three or four weeks. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think so much credit has to go to Miguel Tavares, especially for Zavierci, just finding ways to make things work. Like, there's no way, there's no way that Marcin Walensky needs to be leading your team with with 20 points in in the playoffs like he is right now, right? Like, the, there's no reason uh, for that. And I think this is why this is why I'm I'm just questioning a little bit on the JW side, of course. Um, JW seconds best score uh, in the last game is your man Jan Fornal coming in off the bench. Or no, sorry, not Jan, Jan Fornal. Fornal was fantastic. He he <sighs> he had twenty three points. But your man Jan Hadrava with fifty fifty two percent efficiency, going nineteen for thirty three and twenty points. This is the thing that drives me crazy. Is like watching this game. I, I'm angry at both of these teams for subjecting me to having to watch Hadrava against Konarski. I hate those two opposites. I hate them so much, and I hate them for the same reasons, because both of them take bad, low, hard swings into the block all the time, and they just take what they can get as far as deflections off the hands. Konarski got benched because he was bad. He took a lot of bad swings and got stuffed straight down a bunch of times. Hadrava took a lot, came off the bench for Boyer, who was spraying balls to the back wall. Hadrava took a lot of bad swings, because all he can do is hit the ball right over the tape, and he just gets lucky. When he has good games, it's because teams aren't prepared to block against him. They block too high. They get beat under the armpits. They get beat in the seams. They get beat through the hands. Block low against Sadrava, and you will put him on the highlight reel but with like 15 stuff blocks a game. It drives me crazy that this guy has any success. I hated watching these two opposites go against each other. And that's, that's what I want to say about Yashemsky uh, taking on Zaxa in probably the Plus League final and in Champions League. Stefan Boyer must start 
and he must be good. Zaxa knows how to shut down Jan Hadrava. They destroyed him last year every time they played. Stefan Boyer must be good. He must stay on the court. He must be consistent for Yashemski to have any chance uh, against Zaxa. I think they're going to get past Xavierche, no problem. That matches tomorrow, but um, Jan Hadrava is not going to beat Zaxa. It's not going to happen. To me, it's it's not only Boyer, though. It's also Ben Toniuti, right? Because he got subbed off after two bad sets in this one, too, and they brought in Emi Tevraporti. But going back to their semifinal in the Champions League against Hulkbank, there was the same thing there. When Hulkbank started to make that run, they had to bring off Toniuti and bring in Tevraporti. So to me, there's there's yes, JSW has those those players to kind of fill in the gaps. But ultimately, I don't know if they're that complete team and uh, as indestructible as as Zox at the moment because they they look shaky and I mean without Eros uh, Kovacevic there's no reason that they should be going to five uh, against Evierci, uh in this one and they're they're able to make it work. Tevraporti I think I rate him really highly. It's almost too it. it it, 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 it almost sucks, you know, that he is is on the bench for one of these teams. I'd love to see him running his own team. I know he's a little bit older now, but you know what? That's not going to fly. Like, you're not going to be able to bring in Tevraporti and Hadrava up against Zaxa and, no. and, and win it in five. I do think that uh, Tony Uti and Boye are, seem like that they're kind of a package deal at this point. And if Boye comes off, uh, Tony Uti is probably going to come off as well, uh, whether or not Tony Uti is having a bad match. But obviously, Tony Uti is a blocking liability. We all know that. So uh, Tierra Porti, a little bit bigger of a guy. But like you said, I completely agree. You will not beat Zaxa uh, with Jan Hadrava and, and Amy Tierra Porti on the floor. Not going to happen. And regardless, with no Kovacevic, you should not be going to five against Xavierce. Even, even if it's on the road, Xavierce's home crowd is awesome. Fantastic, fantastic home crowd. So in all likelihood, Xavierce is going to play against Rostovia in the third place series to see who goes to Champions League next year. Either way, I think it's going to be good. It's about time we saw Rostovia back in Champions League. And it does sound like Xavierce is going to make some nice moves this offseason to put together a Champions League caliber roster. So regardless, I think that's going to be good. But it's it's very much looking like yet another Yashemsky versus Zaxa chapter in that rivalry. I think that Yashemsky won the Super Cup this year, and Zaxa beat him in the finals of the Cup this year. So uh, two big trophies on the line. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, hey, I'm I'm excited for it. I just don't know. Like right now, I'm siding completely with Zaxa. Me too, hundred percent. There's 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 no doubt about it. Uh, let me see here. Um, how have they played against each other? I think um, other than the Super Cup at the beginning of the year, I think Zaxa has probably beaten them three times this year, if I had to guess. Yeah, it looks like you're right. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, J-Dub or, or uh, Zepsiewski won the first one, and then after that, it's been all Zaxa since then. Yep, no surprise I mean, Zaxa has been fantastic um throughout the they've won one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven they've won 11 of the last 12 whoa <laughs> yeah that it was probably that one loss to Vershava in the quarters right the five setter yeah they're yep. they're hot and uh, really just ever since that Bednor's pickup they've looked like the Champions League caliber Zaxa and uh, I'm excited to see them probably get that series done at home tomorrow uh so that game let's see what time is that game um, 11.30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, Wednesday. 
Uh, so that's a little okay. bit more of a North American friendly time. They were playing at like seven in the morning, my time over the weekend. It was tough to get up and watch those games. Yeah, that, that is that is a difficult one. And if you're looking to watch that game, come join us over on the Volleyball Source Discord. Uh, we'll make sure you have all of the links there to tune in. All right, that's absolutely right. Uh, join the Discord. That is a no-brainer. Another no-brainer is to go to thatvolleyball.store and pick up one of those sweatshirts that Everett's wearing over there. It's nice and cozy. Man, it, the weather in Toronto has just been frustrating. It teased us a little while ago with some... We had like a 30-degree day, which is getting up into the 80s for your freedom freedom units over freedom there. Freedom units. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was beautiful. And now it's just been cold and rainy ever since. I'm waiting for summertime. But in the meantime, go pick up uh, a nice little sweatshirt from that volleyball.store. Use 15% off uh, with the code SPICY uh, for your entire order. Such a good logo. Such a good logo. We want to see you guys rocking it this summer. Uh, yeah, head up, hit up that volleyball.store. Uh, just kind of a standing discount code for viewers of the 9 by 9 Use the code SPICY. And now, Everett, it is time for our favorite segment. It's time for Where's Daddy? Oh, I love this segment Ayo. so much. So it's time uh, to remind everybody that somewhere hidden in this episode is Daddy Stankovic. Uh, you all know about my undying love for Daddy Stankovic. So he is hidden somewhere in this episode. Maybe he's already shown up. Maybe he uh, will show up kind of in the second half of the show here. But uh, on last week's show, I hid Daddy Stankovic in the Bundesliga bracket over the Gießen logo there on the bottom right. I did see Everett make a face uh, as I put this graphic up last week. So I think that Everett saw it right away. And uh, remember, when you find Daddy Stankovic, you have to put in the comments, not the live chat, but the comments after the video, you have to put in a timestamp of where he is and you get a shout out on the next week's show. So last week, I think we had two winners that both commented it right away. Arlo McLean and Kiro Neri both found Daddy Stankovic in the bottom right of the Bundesliga bracket here. So well done, you guys. And now uh, race is on for this week. So find Daddy Stankovic. I did hide him a little bit better this time. I, I tried to make it a little bit less obvious. So if, um, if he's if he's come up so far, I haven't seen him. Okay. Well, maybe he's come up so far. Maybe uh, maybe he still has yet to show up in the rest of the show. But find Daddy Stankovic, comment the timestamp of where he is after the stream is over, and uh, you'll get a shout out on next week's show. Great, can't can't wait. This is one of my <laughs> one of my favorite things. I w- would love for somehow for Stankovic to find out that we're doing this, <laughs> just because like how funny would that be? You know, how funny would would that be with someone who explaining to him the concept that we're just hiding a picture of him. In, in the show <laughs> i hope he would love it it's, it's really a shame that he deleted his instagram otherwise we would hit him up and say hey hey dragon tune into the show and there might be a special surprise uh, <laughs> but anyway uh you, you all know how how happy this segment makes me where I, I send you all on a wild goose chase to find daddy stankovic so yep find where he is put it in the comments after the stream is over uh, all right, ready to move on, Mr. Delorme? Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to Turkey, where the women's playoffs are just about to get underway. Of course, in Turkey, they have that weird, it's just the top four teams. They just go right into the semifinals, which, you know what, for Turkey, it kind of makes sense, right? Um, yeah, I don't it, hate that. It's, it's, it's really too bad for teams like Galatasaray and Nulifer, who are kind of at that level, maybe not quite as much, but at that level of the, the, the top four teams. But hey, if you're going to have to be at that level, you got to win as many matches. And I mean, it looks like Galatasaray only lost one less match than THY. Uh, but it looks like Exasha Basha taking on THY. And then we are going to have a rematch 
of the Champions League semifinals. Vakafankov against Fenerbahce. That is going to be an absolute fireworks. This is a really, really good rivalry that has been coming up this year between these two teams. And ultimately, it's been all Fenerbahce pretty much all year long. It's just been that one match that that Vakafank was able to take home. And at the end of the day, that's all that really mattered uh, in the in the semifinals. But Basha, as you see there, a perfect 26-0 and um, in the Sutanlar Ligi, and also heading into the Champions League finals later on in May. Can't wait for this. Can't wait. Yeah, these playoffs are going to be very, very good. They start a week from tomorrow, so uh, we won't have any matches to talk about on next week's show, but those are best of three series in the semis. Uh, yeah, both of them start... Yeah, both of them start next Wednesday, May 3rd. So it's going to be awesome. But yeah, shout-outs to Zadibasha on finishing the regular season undefeated. Uh, we'll see if they get bit by the Perugia curse and Perugia uh, lost in the first round after going undefeated in Italy. Hopefully not the same for Zadibasha. I do probably expect them to beat THY. Ever, you got any intel? Is Kira Van Rijk going to come back to THY this season? I'm not entirely sure. No, I, I, I wish I did. Um, as we mentioned a few episodes ago, she's been back in Canada uh, with her mother who's been in the hospital. So I will do some intel and, and let's see what we can uh, get for, for uh, the next episode. Oh, also a good call from Berkai. The reason why the, the playoffs doesn't start until next Wednesday is because the Turkish Cup, uh, the Turkish Cup semis and final are this weekend. Uh, and we, we talked about the Turkish Cup a little earlier in the year where the bracket and the seedings made absolutely no sense. So um, this Saturday are the semis, uh, Vakif Bank versus Aydin. What on earth is Aydin doing in the semifinals? And then Fenerbahce versus THY. Uh, so I, I think we expect probably Vakif versus Fenerbahce in the finals on Sunday. And that'll be a really nice uh, appetizer for the series that they're going to play starting next week. So, yeah, Turkish Cup this weekend. Uh, thanks, Berkai, for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking over to the men's side of things, where they've already played their Turkish Cup and they are in the semifinals. Halkbank, the number one team in Turkey, just rolling through Arkas Izmir in the first match. Namir dropping 21 points in this one. Uh, Subasi the best score for uh, Arcus with 15. Of course, Nick Hogue dropping 13 as well for Arcus. You know, I've loved Arcus over the years. Of course, coach uh, Glenn Hogue is, is the coach, but I, I can't put too much salt into them uh, beating Hawkbank in this one. Hawkbank is just way too no. good, even though there is the foreigner limit and they can't be playing, you know, Bruno and Jishki and Namir and Micah uh, all at the same time. This Hulkbank team is is still very very good. Yijit, Yijit is is very legit on that left side. Yeah, yeah, I like Hulkbank. They're my pick to win this playoffs for sure. So they're up one nothing on uh, on Arcus. The other semifinal is a better one. Uh, Zirat Bank versus Fenerbahce on the men's side. Three uh, two Zirat win in the first game. Uh, Zirat Bank's good. I mean, they got Osmani Wanturena mid season. Uh, Fenerbahce's got Yasin Nuwati. They've got Maruf setting. So fun games there. This is a good five setter. Uh, the so both game twos are tomorrow in both of those semis. So uh, we might have the finals to talk about on next week's show in Turkey on the men's side. Yeah, Wantarena only played the first two sets, only dropped five points, and then was subbed off. Wouter Termat, the kind of like this is a guy who doesn't really show up for the Dutch national team, mostly because he's got a guy net by the name of Namir up in front of him, but just Never absolutely kills it. Absolutely kills on the club stage. He dropped uh, 25 points in this one to, to leave, lead his team. Martin Antanasov added uh, another 12. And then looking on the Fenerbahce side, 
25 for a man by the name of Gerbuz Khan, who I've absolutely never heard of, but nope. he went 20, uh, 22 uh, for 43. He did make eight errors, though, so so that's not great. I wonder if that's um, the lefty they have on the right side. I saw the, the end of the Turkish Cup final where Hawkbank stomped Fenerbahce, and uh, Fenerbahce had this lefty on the right side that I'd never seen before. Maybe it's him. Uh, it could be. Does he, line do up, have... does he line up across from Maruf? It's probably him. Where is Maruf on this? No, uh, no, yeah, he does. He does uh, line up across from Maruf, so it looks like he's the, uh, yeah, he he he's the opposite. He's the guy who they have ahead of uh, Nikola Melnyanats, our man Aquaman, uh, playing Legend. down, playing down for Fenerbahce. Luetti, he was all right in this one. Only only scored ten points, um, eight for twenty three, uh, attacking. I mean, I I think Zerat Bank is going to be the. Um, uh, to 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 come through in this one, I, I'm expecting a Zerbank versus Hulkbank final. That'd be fun, yeah. Crosstown rivalry there. Uh, also, I, I don't know how we didn't bring this. I didn't bring this up earlier, but uh, with with speaking of Osmani Wantarena, Marlon Yant uh, of Lube has earned himself a new nickname, and that is Osmarlin Yant Terena. That that's that's it. He's he's the new Lube superstar, Cuban turned potentially Italian Lube outside. That's it. Osmarlin, yeah, Yantarina. okay, you heard it here oh, first. okay. We'll see how we, we see how we'll see how long this this lasts. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna beat it into the ground whether y'all like it or not. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the Bundesliga. Uh, and Everett, stop me if you've heard this one before. But Berlin, Friedrichshafen are playing for the final again. I'm so annoyed. I was I was so hoping for just something different this year, but these teams have uh, literally every title that I can see right now in the Bundesliga's history since 2008 has been won either by Friedrichshafen or Berlin. Once again, they'll play uh, for the final. Um, we knew that Berlin was going to beat Durin. That was no problem, but unfortunately, our our, our favorite team from Lundberg fell just short. Uh, Colton Cowell's injury was a big factor. And I think the other big factor was the, the uncertainty at yeah. the opposite. Uh, like there, Xander played a little bit. Uh, we talked about them moving uh, Lucas Moss into the middle. They had this lefty Jan Buma, who I didn't think was very really? good. I would, I, and like I would disagree. Cowell, I think Balma was, was, was pretty good. He did get blocked quite a few times uh, in this one. I thought it was too erratic. I, I called him in the Discord like like a, a smaller and less physical Masia Muzai. Like he's just he's just a little too erratic for me. He made some bad errors late in games, but uh, it, it was a bummer for Lundberg to kind of run out of the, to kind of run out of gas. I was really hoping for them to go to the final, play Champions League next year. That it, it will be interesting to see if who's going to get that that third place spot. I think because there's no like third place series. Uh, and Duran did get to play Champions League this year, um, but tech, technically Lundberg did finish ahead of the in the standings than Duran. So if that's if that's what they go, that's we could true. see Lundberg uh, next year in the okay. Champions League, which would be very very interesting because we've already heard some rumors about the roster, about different players going everywhere, and you know from what I know, like Lundberg's budget is teeny tiny, you know. Like they do not have the yeah. biggest budget. They thrive off of fantastic coaching from Stefan Hubner um, and then bringing in young players, especially from North America. That's why we love to call them the burger boys here um, to, to kind of compete in, in that way. They came even closer than they have in, in previous years. Um, 
but it's you know I'm expecting the majority of this team with how they've been playing to to go elsewhere uh, next year. We have in the chat, Ewart needs to be on the national team over Kessel. I fully agree. One hundred percent. We've been saying it for at least a year and a half. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Ewart has awesome really season. come up to play time and time again. And if it wasn't for him, I mean, Lundberg, or Lundberg wouldn't have wouldn't have even got there. So. Um, yeah, and Burkai, I, I I don't disagree with this. I don't disagree that the, maybe the wild card shouldn't go to Germany. But Rob, who would you give it to? If we're gonna jump real quickly into Champions League, who would you give that that uh, third wild card to? Would you give it to Would you give it to Turkey because Halkbank was the oh. team that went the furthest this year? Well, we kind of need three wild cards because normally there's three Russian teams in, and if, if they're not going to be in, that's where the wild cards are kind of coming from. So they got a, this year it was a third German team, I think a second Belgian team, and maybe a third Turkish team. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, there needs to be three Turkish teams if there aren't already. Uh, so I think that's a no-brainer. Um, there, there's already three Polish teams, already three Italian teams. There definitely can be three German teams. I think like... Berlin, Friedrichshafen, and maybe Lundberg can can be competitive in Champions League next year. And then as for the third one, man, I don't know. Maybe maybe a third, like an additional French team. I think that might make sense. Yeah, not bad, not not bad at all. It would. I would love to see just like a little playoff between all of those teams. You know, yeah, I, like that would be just cool. add all of those teams into that that what is it like the third round or whatever they do. Make them play off or just just all of those extra teams throw them in a little pool, make them beat each other up. Maybe we can host it in North America or something. I know that would never work, but uh, a man can dream, right? <laughs> man can dream. Uh, speaking of the French League, uh, I, I almost wanted to give the LNV the figure it out award of the week when I dug into it and I learned how bad their playoff format actually is. So I was excited to, to talk about the semifinals until I realized, listen to this, listen to how stupid this is. The quarterfinals in the LNV, which we talked about last week, uh, those were best of five, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we know the semis. It's a Tours versus Torquang and a Nant versus Shomo. So the quarters are best of five. Why on earth, then, would you make the semis best of three? Why would you play less matches in the semis than the quarters? And then even worse, why would you then make the finals a home-and-away Champions League-style like? two match thing where you have got like potential for a golden set but you can win the league in like two sets in the second match and having to play a meaningless game when you've already won the league title why would you play three different rounds of the playoffs in three completely different formats that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard if anything i don't like i i heard someone talk about this kind of doing this in north america where you'd go from a seven game series down to a five, down to a three and down to a one. If anything, if that's the way they're going to do it, I just like the finals to be one game, like one game on a neutral site. You know, you give, you give both fans, like both teams, a section, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah. I I mean, probably the, uh, the same reason you decided to use a graphic from previewing the quarterfinals instead of, instead of using a, a one from, one from recent but uh because they haven't made one they haven't made one they have not made an updated bracket since the quarterfinals are over another one of the dumbest things that you can do like make updated I mean, one brackets on, there's, there's one on the front page no of the website. not a complete one at least not one that i can find maybe I'm <laughs> but just uh it. but yeah you know you know what you're absolutely right that home and home is just dumb right like it it, it 
it, it it sucks. I really like it for the Champions League, but even then, like in the Champions League final, it's a one game final, right? And and that's what it is. I don't know why they would do it this way. Um, you're just giving the benefit, you know, to to whoever that team is, and that's just an anticlimactic like way to finish the series. Like if a, if a team when like if Tools goes up, they wins the first one three three nothing or three one, and then they go up two nothing. Do they just end it there? I I have no idea. That, that That's one of the dumbest things that you can do. And it, it sounds like that's what the Plus League is going to do starting next year, is do like the Champions League style uh, home and home every round. But that when that gives you the potential for that meaningless game with like our league, season-long league title on the line, I think that's the worst thing you yeah. can do. So uh, I don't know. I hope they don't play that meaningless set. Why would they? There's literally, it would be, be so dumb to play a meaningless set when all anyone wants to do is either celebrate or just like go home yeah that's like imagine winning and then just putting champagne in the water bottles and calling timeouts every few points and just like chugging some (laughs) champagne and 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 going about it that way that's the way you should do it or you should have a quick celebration spray champagne on the court and then you force no okay that that would be too dangerous like force them to play with with the, the stickiness on the court Hey, okay, that's that's more like what we're talking about. If if we want to legislate a little bit of uh, adult beverages into the rules, I'm all for that. Uh, I've got some formats in mind as well. Yeah, if anyone yeah, else. it's it it's just silly. I don't like. I don't know why. It's just more opportunities. Like if we had proper TV deals, there's no way this would be happening, right? Like no way, no, no way no. whatsoever. Um, but looking just looking real quick uh, at the semifinals, game one has been played. Uh, Nantes took down Chamont three nothing, uh, and then Tools going the distance with Tokoing. That was a five setter, uh, and ended up winning. Like this, this one was was back and forth. Um, yeah, it, oh, Tokoing almost pulled off the reverse sweep too after Tools went up um, two nothing. Polonski led the way for Tools with uh, twenty points. Um, Daryl Butor or Boltor, sorry, with 17 for, uh, for Tolkoin, 12. For... Yeah. And 17 from middle and only wow. three cents. Yeah. He came yeah, off the dude, bench in the, no, in the only second. three sets too. 12 for Riley Barnes as well. Uh, actually big shout out to bean dog, uh, in the discord, our Finnish friend, he broke down all of the outsides in uh, the French league. And it actually looked like, uh, Riley Barnes was the, the, like the highest rated outside in the French league this year, which is, which is pretty awesome for a guy who not too long ago was quit and playing men's volleyball back in Edmonton. It's like, yeah, random men's leagues back back in North America. Yeah. Cool story. I like meeting Riley over the summer. Yeah. I like that Torquang team. They've got the giant lefty, uh, Raynon from Brazil. I've got Moritz Reichert on the left. Uh, Bultor and Van Berkel is a good, um, is, is a really good middle duo. Like that, that, that team's cool. So maybe they can, uh, knockoff tours i think that that game two is tomorrow yeah mm-hmm. so uh, it's yeah. back back against the wall tomorrow same with shomon who's got some americans i'm rooting for them they're down 1-0 to not right now hopefully they can uh force a game three yeah 10 points for pat gasman uh in game number one he went seven for ten um with a block and a couple of aces and then mike marshman coming off the bench to uh boy. With seven points he went seven for eight uh for shomon so at that rate, I'd almost expect him to start in that next match. Yeah, and, Marsh, uh, is, Marsh is the man. He's he's going to come back uh, stateside this year and win another championship with Team LVC, I can already tell. 
Okay. I mean, if you say so, um, if you do want to go uh, watch the LNV, it is free. All you need to do is sign up online. So that's always a great option. Uh, and in general, they also, they also have uh, baseline broadcasts, which is a, a bonus too. Love a good baseline broadcast. Yeah. All right, Rob, let's move on from Europe. Bring it back home here to North America for the NCAA tournament. We saw all the conference championships go down this past weekend. And you know what? There wasn't really any, there wasn't really any upsets. The only one, you know, we saw Charleston lose in the first round. Uh, that, that was sad a little bit. I thought they had a fantastic season, but ultimately UCLA taking the number one seed, Hawaii taking the two after winning the Big West Conference, Penn State winning the EVA, um, Ohio State winning the MIVA, Long Beach and GS, uh, GCU getting the at-large bids. Break it down for us. What, what, are we, what should we expect? The championship is next weekend, correct? Right, yeah. The first game is, I think the play-in game is Sunday uh yeah that looks right so there's this is by the way the worst bracket in all of sports it is the stupidest the stupidest bracket the stupidest format it is so bad fortunately i'm pretty sure that it's changing for next year i think next year they're going to get eight teams or maybe even 12 but at least eight because the nec is going to start getting an auto bid so thank god we don't have to deal with the seven team trash anymore it's it's just a it's it's a it's a bad look for an already kind of embarrassing NCAA sport and not that's not the sport's fault it's the the fault of many many others but uh don't need to get into that right now anyway yeah the play-in game that like six versus seven game Ohio State versus the King this school in Tennessee that won the conference Carolinas winner plays plays Penn State then the winner of that plays Hawaii that bracket is really stupid kind of the only drama here was who's going to get the at-larges or if you remember last year there were a bunch of upsets in the conference tournaments like uh yeah, UCLA lost, uh, Penn State lost. There, were, there weren't enough at-larges for the teams that probably should have been there. So Penn State missed the tournament entirely last year. This year, that didn't happen. Uh, Hawaii won their conference. Penn State won their conference. UCLA won their conference. Uh, Long Beach, although they did get upset, like they got pretty cleanly three-donged by uh, UC Irvine in the Big West semis. Uh, Long Beach still gets an auto bid. And then Grand Canyon, who beat... I think they beat Pepperdine pretty easily in the MPSF quarterfinals for losing to UCLA. Uh, they get that large as well. So BYU and UCI just missed out. And uh, based on all the RPI numbers that I was seeing, that was uh, kind of everybody expected that based on how the, the season went and how the, the, the head-to-head matchups went. So not a lot of surprises in this bracket. There, there was some very good volleyball, though. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching the Big West Championship, Hawaii versus UC Irvine. We got Paul Sunderland and Kevin Barnett on the call for that, who are the best in the business. So uh, that was a great one. It, it just kind of got my got me ready to go for the NCAA tournament. So the meaningful games, I think, are next Tuesday. I think next Tuesday, then uh, semis Thursday, and finals next Saturday, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we'll talk about this again on next week's show. But uh, I am really excited for the NCAA finals. UCLA looks really good. Hawaii looks really good and Penn State like that Penn State Hawaii game that'll probably happen in the semis and they already played earlier this year in Hawaii with Penn State winning that match is going to be awesome that'll be the best semifinal we've seen in years so there's a lot to be excited I mean hey I think Long Beach and UCLA had some big banger matches in the pyramid also so the potential here for the semifinals is absolutely through the roof but Rob my question to you is you know we talked about the expansion of this tournament to eight teams next year why not expand it to 12 you know 
Like, that, like where you have love the, the play-in matches, like you have still have some play-in matches or even more to 16 because you have teams like UC Irvine who, how crushing it is for a team like UC Irvine to beat Long Beach and then still not go to, to the championships. Like that, that to me is like the RP, the whole RPI thing uh, is a little head scratch is, is a little, is like, it's, it's, it's a tough pill for me to swallow. Like you beat a team and then like, cause yeah. like to me, you you should be award rewarding the teams who are winning at the end of the season, right? And that's that to me is is all that matters. Yeah, it's kind of a classic NCAA thing to make these like to have these complex algorithms to try and rank teams on their entire body of work for the season, but it ends up being pretty arbitrary with how brackets are decided. Anyway, I hate this tournament format. It's awful. I'm not not sad to see it go for next year. Gonna have to deal with it for one more year just like swim through those first couple really stupid games. Uh, Long Beach versus Grand Canyon, I think it'll be a pretty good game. Those teams are both good. Uh, whoever plays UCLA in the second round or in the semis will put up a good fight. But like I said, Hawaii versus Penn State semifinal, that will be fireworks for sure. And then uh, whoever ends up going to the championship match. UCLA getting the one seed is a big deal because their semifinal matchup will be much easier than Hawaii's. And I could really see it's it's possible that after all these years, uh, John Sparoff finally takes his alma mater and wins a title. It's possible. UCLA is really, really good. Uh, with Andrew Rowan coming in at setter, like after Partain quit the team, he has been phenomenal. Their outsides are amazing. Their opposite is this Israeli kid named Ido David, who's really good. Uh, Merrick McHenry in the middle might be the best in the country. Like they are, UCLA is very, very good. And um, whoever they play in both the semis and the final, I, I think they've got a great chance. All right, fair enough. I think anything that first match between Ohio and King is just kind of a burnt. Uh, but anything after that, <laughs> OSU against Penn State, classic LBSU against GC. Ohio State beat Penn State this earlier this year, by the way. As soon as Penn State got the number one ranking in the country, Ohio State promptly beat him in five and knocked him off that spot, and they haven't gotten back there ever since. So revenge game okay. there. Do we know where we're going to be able to watch this? That's my big question. Because... Yeah, the, all the games up until the final, so all of the games, including the semifinals, are on the NCAA's website for free, which is great. But, but I don't know about geo-blocking. I, I, I do not know about that yet. You might have to VPN the United States, but uh, they are on NCAA.com for free. Then the championship match will have Sunderland and Barnett. It'll be on one of the ESPN networks. That's uh, like a week from Saturday, so we still got plenty of time to talk about that, but uh, that'll be a little bit trickier to watch if you're not in the States, but otherwise uh, NCAA.com will stream the rest of the games for free, but I, I assume the commentary is going to be terrible. It usually is. Ooh, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll see. I know it probably will be. It will probably be whoever whoever the GCU guys are. Uh, yeah, the, the or not GCU, Mason. George Mason, sorry. Yeah, I, I text. I talked to Barnett because uh, I, he he's going to with with Sunderland to do the finals. I asked him if he knew who was who was doing the previous games. He's like, "Wait a minute, it's not you." I assumed you were doing it. I'm like, well, nobody asked me, so uh, I, I'm assuming I'm going to be annoyed with whoever it is. We'll see. As as you usually are. Yeah. Nothing That's nothing that annoys Rob more than uh, media commentators. Bad well, speaking of bad commentary, uh, there is more volleyball at the NCAA level, and that is NCAA <laughs> Division Three. Uh, I, I I watched a couple of these uh, first round games. First of all, uh, Division Three is just like a, a lower lower NCAA level for smaller schools. It's it's similar to the NCAA in Canada. If, if people north of the border are unfamiliar, 
it's extremely East Coast dominated in the U.S. There are very, very like there, there's a pocket of teams like around where I live in Chicago, including North Central, who's going to the Final Four, which is cool. But there's only there's literally one team on the West Coast. It's UC Santa Cruz, like very East Coast dominated division. Um, California kind of has their own thing with the junior colleges. But anyway, Division Three, uh, their, their tournament is six a 16 team bracket, which makes a lot more sense. They're down to the Final Four. Um, they've got uh, this team Vassar from upstate New York is playing North Central North Central's from my area in Chicago. And then Stevens from New Jersey is playing Messiah from Pennsylvania. So that that's the final four. That's uh Friday and Saturday at this one school in Maryland called Stevenson. Um, these are always good games. Uh, Carthage from Wisconsin has won the last two division three championships. And they'll, they'll, all of these teams will output some like European level pros. They'll out, they output some really good players. Uh, there is good volleyball played at the Division three level. So I always like to give them a shout out and give them my viewership, like similar to the CCAA in Canada. These are good players that play fun volleyball. And I think they deserve a little spotlight. So yeah, that, that's probably streaming free on NCAA.com as well, if I had to guess. I'd love to see a nice little tournament, just like we had the KM for the university team for the Division one versus U Sports. Let's do Division three versus CCAA. That would be sweet. I think. I think that would be bangers because I know, uh, like I know that like Ottawa U, for example, and they're a club team. They went down to the East Coast Club Championships uh, earlier this year at, at Syracuse and, and stuff like that, and played another. One oh, in, that's in sweet. Washington. So, I love that. I yeah, hope, I hope they do that more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it would just be great. I think we need to, you know, create more of a of a mesh between between our our university and and college programs out here because uh, you know how you know how difficult it is. Um, uh, for especially for men's volleyball, um, I think we might even do a better job at, at supporting it than you guys do. I think you actually do. It's, it's how embarrassing, like this stupid bracket. Like, what are we doing? What is this horrible seven-team bracket garbage? The the format's just so bad. It's 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 difficult to like be an American men's volleyball fan and like say, hey, everybody, uh, we we really want you to watch the NCAA men's volleyball tournament. It's really good. You'll really like it. And then this is the stupid format that we're that we're trying to sell to people. It's really embarrassing. So I hope it goes away for next year like we're expecting. But I, I, I do mean that. We do really want people to watch these games as much as possible. It, it does make a difference if, if, the, if the matches are good and if the viewership numbers blow up. So we'll talk about it again next week because uh, there's only one game between now and next week's show. But that tournament is good. It'll be good volleyball. You should watch it. All right. Uh, Ronnie wants us to talk about VNL next week. What's the chances that we talk about VNL next next week? Uh, unlikely because we're going to be talking about championship series and all the European playoffs. I mean, we, I, we are, there are people bothering us in the Discord. Why aren't you talking about transfers for next year yet? Because there's still club volleyball. There's, happening, nothing, there's nothing that Rob hates more than talking about transfers mid-season. <laughs> I hate it. No other sport does that. No other sport even it's it's it, it, it's illegal. It's tampering in other sports to talk about trades or transfers midseason. Why are we doing it yeah. in volleyball? I, I can't it, stand it. I I agree. It it is the absolute worst. I remember there was one year back when Gavin Schmidt was playing for Canada. Like he was going to Brazil, and his Brazilian team announced it. So I like uh, you know I reported it. He was like, "Hey man, like I don't know what you've heard, but like you can't be like talking about things that you haven't or haven't heard yet." And I was like, "Bro, like your team announced it on the <laughs> website." And he's like, "Well." And he's like, well, now my team is mad at me because here you like here they are like they already know I'm not coming back. And it's 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 so, so, so weird. So, Ronnie, if you want to talk about some uh, uh, some VNL stuff, I, like I want to wait at least until some some rosters start coming. Yeah, like that, yeah. that's when I, I will. That's when we'll start doing some nice little previews. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, go check out the tier list. 
that I did. Um, <laughs> that was a fantastic uh, video. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. our, our, our favorite alter ego, Ace Volleyball, is in the chat. <laughs> just, 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 just ignore him. I don't, yeah, I don't well, want to get in trouble. Wonder, um, wonder who that could possibly be. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. But, uh, uh, yeah, go check out. I, I did a nice little tier list trying to be more of a, of a YouTuber. Let me know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? I'm already getting some heat because they think I put Turkey too low. But hey, like Turkey you needs to Turkey win something. The, you put Turkey in the A tier. That was generous and I think accurate. Uh, very, very good video. Uh, really well done. I, I, I appreciate that. So I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to do another one for the VNL. You know, we can rank the 16 teams from the VNL, both men, one for the men, one for the women. Um, and we'll rank them in the classic Ronnie Cuban spike tier list. Um, uh, I love just handing out cookies. Thanks for participating. Thanks for participating. It's awesome. How funny would it be if we like went to a, uh, an F like if we go to events and we give the losing team cookies, <laughs> like we're walking it, like walking through like the, the media area after matches. Like, yeah. We just, we're just sitting there with like a, with a box of cookies. Maybe we can get a cookie sponsorship for that, for that too. Yeah. That would be amazing. Give the whole Cuban national team cookies. Thanks for participating. You're not winning any hardware at VNL. Ronnie, get out of here. Gracias por participar. And that's our VNL talk for the week is uh, Cuba's not winning any hardware. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about VNL after, after club season is over because that's how uh, you're supposed to report on sports. Ozzy, I have no idea what you want here. You want us to make an AI video? Oh, God. Uh, we, we've seen people in the Discord try to have AI, like ChatGPT and stuff, talk about volleyball. ChatGPT can't do it. They can't do it. It's because, and it's not even the robot's fault. It's because there's nothing on the internet about volleyball except for this show. So uh, that's why we do it here every Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys like the tier list video, and I know people in the Discord always commented, commented what you want to know. Do another tier list uh, video about. Let, let me know. I'm going to be making some, some fun, uh, some fun, from, some fun comment over the next content over the next little bit because my girlfriend's away and i got nothing cool. else to do <laughs> don't forget to comment uh where is daddy stankovich i can now confirm that daddy stankovich has appeared in this episode but i won't tell you where find the timestamp. where's daddy post him in the comments after the show and you'll get a shout out next week all right thank you very much guys remember um what do we have tomorrow we've got plus liga semifinals tomorrow we've got the lega volley feminili semifinals tomorrow bronze medal match for the scudetto playoff starts on saturday the finals start on monday and of course next sunday the ncaa tournament starts is that everything yep pretty much all right cool peace we will see you then